Welcome to episode 52 of the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast. 52 episodes. With, let's see. With weekly episodes, that means, yeah, fuck, happy one year anniversary. Happy anniversary. Uh, not quite. Hold on. And it hasn't been quite a year yet. I have done a year's worth of episodes. 52, 52 weeks in a year. There you go. The actual one year anniversary is in about a month. It's like mid June to be exact. I can leave a, a mailing address if you anyone would like to send me an anniversary gift at the end of the episode. Nah, nah, nah. Some like dildo toting lockdown protester. I'd have some bad thoughts about what I say about Trump and his supporters on almost every episode and come stand in front of my garage with misspelled signs and loaded guns. Not cool. Not cool. So no. Hasn't been a year yet. A year's worth of episodes are in the bag after this one, but it's not my anniversary until mid-June. Also note, I'm not going to do any kind of like self-analyzing year-in-review thing in June. I did that around Christmas time in 2019. I did like a 2019 in review. Fuck, just wait for Christmas time next year. If we make it, if we make it that far for the 2020 in review, it's going to it's going to be an easy episode. 2020 that year sucked. Fuck 2020. God damn. What a fucking shit ball of a year it's been so far. Yeah, good stuff, huh? Except for Bobcast episodes like this. This episode is the exception to the shittiness that 2020 has brought us. Or this is the Lay Saboteur extravaganza and interview. Michelle, Kyle, Bob, and Uriel of Les Saboteurs, plus four amazing and rad Les Saboteurs songs. Also, also, bonus, seven cryptid-related trivia questions are in this episode. You know what a cryptid is, right? Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, that kind of thing. This episode, I'll say it again, this episode defies 2020, shoves a middle finger straight up its ass, the year 2020, and tells it to go fucking sit and spin yeah, it's been a rough year, but I have had the opportunity to talk to some really, really rad people like Les Saboteur and do some fun episodes, and this is definitely one of those for sure. So let's forget our troubles for a little bit, talk to Les Saboteur, listen to their fucking incredible songs. The band is fucking incredible. I love this band. I really do. I can't say enough how great I think they are. You can't pigeonhole Les Saboteur, I don't think. Let me try. I, I mean, because they really defy any kind of easy description, which is good. I love bands like that for sure. If I were pressed, I mean, if I really had to say, what do they sound like? I would say Les Saboteurs kind of sounds like little 90s, 1990s era Discord stuff. They have a lot of the San Diego, kind of that good, weird San Diego sound in there. And just some solid, like, pop and catchy stuff going on. You got to kind of pay attention for it. It's there. It's a little bit maybe sometimes under the surface, but goddamn, yeah, yeah, the songs are fucking great. Especially the song Distant Hum. You're going to hear that a little later in the episode. That song is fucking amazing. It really is. I'm not kidding. But I always say, I do always say this, listen to the songs and decide for yourself. I hope you love them as much as I do. By the way, the song back at the beginning of the episode was called Smiling Politely, and that is off of the 2020 Les Saboteur Ditch EP. That is one hell of a record, and you should buy it. I would suggest you buy it. You can get it on Bandcamp. I don't know if they still have vinyl left or not, but there are digital downloads for sure on Bandcamp. Through the episode, I will be playing a few more Les Saboteurs songs. Right after I get done kind of jabbering here, there will be some words from our pals at Red Brontosaurus Records. 
and then the song Key Slash Knife, then the interview itself, then in the middle of that, some words from our friends at Mouse and Monkey Button Company and the song Distant Hum that I mentioned earlier. We're going to come back, finish up the interview, some final words from me, and the last song of the episode is called Safety Net, and that is a fucking epic song, very worthy to the end of the episode. We're going to go out with a bang. Let me say a few more things before we get into the music and the trivia and the talking and all that good stuff. I've already interviewed Michelle once for the Bobcast way back in November of 2019 while I was at Fest 18. She was great. I love talking to Michelle. The interview was pretty short. It was only like 10 questions. I don't know if you remember that from one of the Fest-related episodes I did back in November. Then we kind of sat around and just talked for a while for almost an hour after the interview. I like talking to Michelle. She really has a lot of good stuff to say for sure. I also met Kyle Bob at Fest 18 for the first time. And Michelle and Kyle Bob are married. At that time, they were on their honeymoon. Yeah, that's pretty rad. Now, Uriel, uh, I don't remember if I talked to Uriel or not at Fest 18. I really don't. That part gets a little hazy. I think I just said, hey, what's up? And that was it. But I really did get to know Uriel. Uriel, Pat, and I sat down for the Ash Williams interview episode, and the three of us went on a ghost hunt. Yeah, yeah, pretty rad. So all that being said, the three members of Les Saboteur are all super, super rad people. The music is fucking great. So rad. So good. Here we are. Here is one kind of a bummer thing I wanted to mention real, real quick. This episode was supposed to be an interview that we had done in person. And then after the interview, we were going to go on a ghost hunt. But coronavirus, COVID-19, shut everything right the fuck down. Uh, Les Saboteur, we're going to be in San Diego in April for La Escalera Fest of 2020. They had to cancel their whole tour. They had a pretty good sized tour planned. Eh, had to shut it off. We're going to talk about that a little bit in the interview and no ghost hunt. <laughs> That's a bummer. I think and hope we will do a makeup ghost hunt episode with Les Saboteur when it's safe and they're back in town or I'm in their area or something like that. Kind of a bummer, but here's what we were going to do. We were going to go to Elfin Forest in North San Diego County to look for the white lady. Look it up. Look it up. It's spooky shit. It is a little spooky and creepy. Well, we didn't get to do the episode that I had wanted to do. That's how it goes right now. You know, we got to kind of adapt, live with it, deal with it, stay safe, make sure nobody else gets sick. If you can prevent it, that kind of thing, you know, just fucking be safe. That's all I'm going to say. Shit is going to be tight with this episode, though. Do not worry. Stay tuned. Coming up in a second, a few words from Red Brontosaurus Records. But I do want to say, I want to mention this real quick. I note in this ad for Red Brontosaurus, they have Red Brontosaurus t-shirts available right now. What I also wanted to mention is if you go online on the teespring.com and look at the Red Brontosaurus shirts, check the rest of the store out by the people that made the Red Brontosaurus shirts. It's called the Bandit Art Superstore, and they have some rad shit, some great shirts and some other stuff. My favorite is the Pizza Ghost. Yes, that's right up my alley. Two of my favorite things, pizza and ghosts. So check that out on teespring.com, Bandit Art Superstore. Just a little quick shout out kind of thing there. So here we go. A few words from Red Brontosaurus Records, followed by the song Key Slash Knife. Stay tuned. What's new at Red Brontosaurus Records, you ask? Let me tell you. Since the shutdown due to COVID-19, Red Brontosaurus Records has been busy revamping and improving the shop. Red Brontosaurus Records is putting in a large selection of musical instruments, guitars, amps, pedals, strings, and more for your music-making needs. 
Red Brontosaurus Records has been consolidating and improving the used VHS, Blu-ray, and DVD selections for your viewing pleasure. The used video game selection at Red Brontosaurus Records is one of my favorite things about my favorite store in San Diego. Red Brontosaurus has a huge selection of used video games and new and used video game consoles and accessories in stock now. Also keep in mind, the video game inventory is growing as we speak. The store is closed as of right now due to safety concerns, but know that you can always check the Red Brontosaurus Records Instagram page at Red Brontosaurus Records to see what's available. You can also drop Red Brontosaurus Records an email at redbrontosaurusrecords at gmail.com with any questions regarding availability and they will get back to you. The fine folks of Red Brontosaurus Records check the email daily. Local delivery in the San Diego area is available as well as mail order. Red Brontosaurus Records has you covered right now. You can even order a Red Brontosaurus Records t-shirt from Teespring just go to www.tspring.com. That's T E E S P R I N G.com and search using the words Red Brontosaurus. And there they are a couple of different t shirt designs that look so good and are guaranteed to look good on you. Red Brontosaurus Records, America's finest record and more store in America's finest city. Check Red Brontosaurus Records out today.
I'm here with a band, Les Saboteur. Les Saboteur, can you all introduce yourselves and tell me what you do in the band, please? Sure. I'm Michelle, and I play guitar and uh, sang. I'm Kyle Bob. I play bass, and I help her sing sometimes. I'm Uriel, and I play drums. Hi, Uriel. Hi. Hi, everyone. Thank you for coming. I really appreciate it. So let's get a question. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. You're welcome. Of course. Of course. Let's get a little general history of the band, uh, how Les Saboteurs started, when you guys started, all that good stuff. I know probably me and Michelle have talked about that at Fest, but just as a refresher for this whole thing, if if you don't mind. Okay. Um, yeah, Michelle and I just, uh, just wanted to start something um, a little more mellow than... Um, than than the bands we were already in something a little bit more emotional and we uh jammed with a a drummer or two who didn't work out um and then you know after like we had one drummer and we got a bunch of songs together um maybe four yeah i would say about four or five songs and we had our first show booked um and then he quit right before we were supposed to play. Uh, oh, like right, the first right show. before the first show or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I actually offered to play that show solo, um, but they ended up getting a friend's band to hop on instead. So that kind of let me off the hook uh, with that. But yeah, it was uh, it was just weird timing and unfortunate. But um, you know, we were both uh, already friends with Uriel and really liked his drumming in Ash Williams. So we asked him to just like come sit in on a practice and see, you know, if he'd be interested in being part of the project. And, you know, I think he liked the songs and the rest is history. Cool. What, when, when was that? What year was that? Two years ago. Oh, was two, years ago. you guys have only been around for two years. I, I had a feeling you had been along for around for longer than that we started jamming two years ago so my side of the story is <laughs> I, I so um i got a message from i got a text message like a group text from them and all it said was we want you and i had no, no. idea i think i think i sent a question mark I, I, I think we were drunk and yeah. <laughs> we were I, talking about it. And we're like, I, I don't know if it's we got to hit up Uriel. Yeah, we got He's the one. <laughs> like, I think they, you, you they want either... me how exactly? Be more specific <laughs> if you can. Yeah. I, if anything, I think some it weird fucking swinger shit. Or <laughs> right. what, you know? I mean, he's he's a very attractive man. Don't get me wrong, but that is that can be taken a couple different ways for sure. And I remember, yeah. I think I sent like a question mark or something, and no response. No, oh. like, <laughs> you know? and I was like, okay. And then, like a week or so later, it was like Awesome Fest. It was the time they did Awesome Fest in February, um, two years ago. And oh, I think the a- canceled one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome yeah. Fest canceled or whatever. Yeah, yeah. or uh, and uh, I no, no. It was actually we awesome played that Fest. canceled one. Yeah. Oh, it was the one before that. There was one before. The one that. before right. that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So that right. one. That's when uh, I think it was that week. Like a week later is that weekend, and they're like, hey, yeah. So like. We're wondering if you wanted to jam with us, yada yada yada, and that's that's at least how I got involved in this. Cool. Okay, so it's only been since like that was twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen. Then right, 20, it's like twenty seventeen around that time. Yeah, our first show was June of twenty eighteen. I think June. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, you guys have done a. How many tours have you done since the band has started? 
some way. I think two. Right? We did the one full tour, and we've done some mini tours. So, like one or two weekenders, right? Some, yeah, weekenders yeah. kind of things. Cool. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah but one full Western Coast tour. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Cool. Well, I mean, you've been pretty, you've been active since the band started. You're not, definitely not sitting around until now. Well, not for the last couple of months. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you know, we were all in bands previously and so it was pretty easy to hit the ground running with this project, you know? Was this, was Lay Saboteur, Michelle, like, was this kind of your dream project in a way? Your main idea or you and Kyle Bob together kind of thing? No. Uh no, not at all. Actually it was the it was the original drummer uh was a fan of Kyle's previous band, Christ Killer. Oh Kyle, and you were in Christ really Killer. Wanted... Oh yeah. Oh glad congratulations. You, you no, I love fuck I love that band. So <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I'll go I'll go ahead and cut that part out. Yeah. Anyways <laughs> No, leave it in. There you, you know? go. I'll leave it. No, because it's a nice thing to say. No, I fucking love that band. I saw I saw Christ Killer at Luigi's Pizza like I don't know four years ago or something like that. That oh, that wasn't that, Christ Killer. That was uh, that was Crust Killer. Oh, that was a different band. I thought they just went by Crust no, Killer this- to to mock to, to kind of. To, to Wait, is that just one, a, a one-off? You guys call they changed their name because they were the playing day? at a pizza. So stupid. Yeah, pizza that was place. still Christ Killer, right? You just changed your name. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. Now the snarky side of Kyle Bob comes out. I hear it. Okay. Good. Good. That's where we. That's where we need to be. So. Okay. Um. But he was. Uh. He was jamming with this uh, drummer, and they needed somebody else to to jam with. And so I hopped in the garage and started playing guitar. Um, I started playing some pretty basic three chord punk songs that were very lackluster and not very much fun to play. Um, and the drummer said, you know, do you have anything else? And I said, well, yeah, I have all these songs that I've written in my bedroom that are, you know, kind of singer songwriter. They're a little bit proggy, a little bit weird, but you know, if you want to hear them, you know, I'll play them for you. So I did. And he was like, wow, these are great. And uh, so that's how our first couple songs came about. Cool. So the drummer that wasn't, that's not in the band, any, obviously not in the band anymore. And was kind of the impetuous for getting you in and then Kyle Bob and ev- then everything just kind of went from there. Is that a fair thing to say? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. And, you know, he, he was the guy that initially had told me these songs don't suck, which is apparently what I needed to hear. That was a catalyst <laughs> for you to to say like, okay, I'm ready to move forward and do this. And off we go. Kind yeah. Of cool. I, I don't, I don't know if these songs would have ever left my bedroom, you know, if sure. not for him. Well, great. Well, good. What's his name, by the way? Can you mention him or no? Mike. Mike. Cool. Are you guys still on good terms with him? Sure. Cool. Okay. Now, you all were supposed to move to Washington State soon. Michelle and Kyle, Bob, you actually made it. Uriel ended yep. up getting stuck down here. What can I ask? What What prompted the move for you guys from San Diego to Washington State? Well, I mean, we had already talked about moving up here as a band, Um we had actually first we had talked about moving to Mexico City as a band. Yeah. And that was the idea for quite some time. And we just we played a couple of really good shows up here. Um and Michelle's from here. Yeah, I, I lived here 
for 11 years prior to moving down to San Diego. Gotcha. And I really became uh, part of the scene and, and did a lot of booking and a lot of playing in bands myself. And um, I really, I did want to move back at some point. It was kind of, you know, I was in uh, San Diego for under sort of unfortunate circumstances. So it was kind of a dream of mine to move back, but I didn't want to do it without a my bands you know sure sure so san diego for you maybe seemed like it was a temporary thing in some ways yeah i mean i was kind of making uh the most of it you know i had moved to san diego my my mom had uh had moved to san diego because she was really sick um and so i had moved down there to take care of her and and be with her in her last days so that was uh why i was in san diego so basically what i did was you know i was in bands in seattle for 11 years one of which was for 11 years and the other of which was for six years um and so that's what i knew um so when i moved to san diego i immediately just started jamming with people and getting some music together sure now, what about uh, Flaunt? That is Flaunt, your other band, Flaunt, still a thing without you or no? Yeah, so it's our plan to keep doing stuff. We were just supposed to headline a Punks for Change show um, that, of course, got canceled because of the virus. Um, and we've got another one coming up with them that's going to be rescheduled with Naked Aggression. Uh, so, yeah, the the basic idea is the band's still working on music. They're still jamming together. And, you know, I just scream and dance, so... I can do that remotely. Oh, gotcha. So you are still a member of Flaunt then. They're, it's not Absolutely. Like you're, oh, great. Yeah. Great. Okay. Flaunt. The, you can't replace me in Flaunt. Come on. No, I, I don't. I was going to say, I don't see how that band could go on without you. Wouldn't it be kind of like, uh, well, I don't, however you want to look at it, Dead Kennedys without Jello. Well, they still did it, but it was kind of fucking horseshit at the same time, you know, right? Like, wait, no, 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 no. It just no, those, doesn't work. So. Those guys are all great players with a long history in San Diego, too. If they, you know, got someone else to sing for them, it would be a, it would still be a fantastic band. It just wouldn't be flaunt. It wouldn't be flaunt. Right. Yes. That was, thank you. Cause that's kind of what I was hinting at, or that's what my brain was trying to push out. It just didn't quite make it out. Now Uriel's stuck in San Diego because of the virus mm-hmm. and we don't know when you're going to be able to move up there. Are you guys doing anything practicing remotely or anything like that? I mean, I know with the, with a drummer, that's, that's tough in some ways. Oh uh, no, I don't have anything. All my drums are in uh, Seattle. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. We moved the drums up with us. Yeah. Um, there oh, is when you guys a space left. Oh. in the kit. Uh, there, or there is a kit in the space, but, the kit in the space is like kind of a communal one. Uh, and I don't know if Uriel's been playing on that too much. I've been running through the songs on acoustic. It's not the same, obviously. Sure. Um, and it's really difficult to find a practice space up here right now. So, yeah, it's just kind of, you know, I'm in uh, the writing process, I guess. I'm just working on, you know, I have about six songs for the new album. And I can't wait to show them to everybody. Cool. So we talked a little, I mean, about how the virus has affected you you all as a band, Uriel not being able to move up there, Uriel's drums up there, et cetera. You guys had to cancel a tour because of this yeah. too, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it really sucks. We've been planning this for a long time. We, um, we've been, you know, cro- crossing all the I's and dotting all the T's, trying to do things right. 
um, get this record out. Yeah, it was supposed and, to kind of coincide yeah. with the yeah. release of that record, too. It was like the yeah, first time honestly. we all worked on a full like release plan. You know, like we, mm-hmm. Michelle had planned out the last couple months and we were all following to it. We were all following a schedule and then, yeah, things. with the videos and yeah, yeah you had like yeah, a, ma- like the, a master the, plan almost behind the whole thing in some ways, yeah. right? From the EP yeah, videos I mean, and then the tour and, and there you go. Yeah. It was going to go single video, single video release tour which that's the first time I've ever done uh, something really consistently. And I just, I was really happy that we had it all laid out like that to build some momentum. Everything just got fucked, but uh, we're not the only ones in some ways that makes it sadder, but in some ways it's nice to know that other people understand what we're going through with this. Um, You know, and it sounds kind of first world problem to say, you know, that it was a huge emotional burden uh, to cancel the tour, but it re- it really was, you know, when it's your creative outlet, when it's your emotional outlet, it's it's pretty difficult to, to take all that hard work and kind of throw it in the trash. Almost to the extent of like recording an album you're really proud of and then losing the masters. Like sure, that's how I felt sure. about that tour because um, I worked really hard booking it. Yeah, and quarantine is like, the exact opposite of tour like we'd be hanging out with different friends and partying every you know every night for a month you know and like and playing music with them you know we'd be hanging out with the hammer bombs tonight which they they rule right right yeah you lose you lose a lot more than than what it may seem like on the surface i mean you're losing all that camaraderie and and the fun and the memories that will literally last you a lifetime that's gone but when it gets cool to go back out again you have plans on doing a makeup for this yeah definitely good um who knows maybe next time the the lineup will be bigger and better and more exciting and you know i don't know yeah it's it's hard to be hopeful at this point it is (laughs) yeah yeah but i mean at least you can yeah like you said that's a great that's a great outlook to have is well maybe it'll be even better than what we had set up when we can actually go out and do it. Yeah. But you know what? There are bands, you know, like we, we have jobs um, and there are bands right now that it's their job to tour. Right. Like that's yes. the main way that they make their money. Like a really good example of that was crowbar crowbar. They don't, they don't work other jobs and they had to cancel a giant tour with a bunch of big headliners I can't recall who at the moment. I feel like it was with Sepulter or something like that. And they had these big these big stadium shows that they were going to play, and they had to cancel all of it. They had already ordered all of their merch. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And then they had to go home and tell their families, "Sorry, I can't do my job." You know. And, and basically, for for a band like that, that might be like a quarter of their year's income or something like that. Just gone maybe a half a year absolutely and those guys are getting up there in age and they also you know probably i mean (laughs) i'm assuming they have medical problems uh which is probably uh, likely no i mean if they've been in bands for a long time yeah i would say that's a pretty fair assumption to make you know (laughs) yes hopefully they're taking care of their lungs (laughs) there you go well and you know the other side of it too is look at say within our peer group of people who are in bands and also toured quite very consistently 
and worked restaurant jobs that aren't working right now. Yeah. You know, so oh, absolutely. So that yeah. it's it's this thing is so devastating on so many levels. The toll on small business too is fucking unimaginable. Yeah, like, it's it's an extinction event. It's like there's going to be it, tons of right. small businesses that you just like took for granted that aren't going to come back. A lot right. of the, like your the favorite record that store we were going to play. Right, and that's like a, that's tour. another great point too. Right, the other point is, and this is kind of shitty too. We have to look for sunshine wherever we can find it right now, but the possibility for DIY house shows to go up, that's something that might come up too, hopefully. So I don't know. There you go. I mean, there's always something. Now would be a great time to have fun and do a little trivia. So I'm going to ask (laughs) you all a total of seven questions about cryptids. Does everyone present know what a cryptid is? Yeah, I have a Bigfoot tattoo. Spooky things. Bigfoot tattoo. Spooky things, sort of. Let me, why don't I read Merriam Webster's definition of a cryptid real quick? It is an animal, such as Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster, that has been claimed to exist but never proven to exist. That's a cryptid, apparently. So uh, proven to who? So, <laughs> there so, you go. <laughs> let's so go. This let's is go. Basically, all Ash Williams songs. oh boy oh boy here we go you know question number one bigfoot kyle bob speaking of bigfoot bigfoot Mm -hmm. is is one of the more well-known cryptids and has been cited extensively in your neck of the woods pacific northwest supposedly what is another name that is commonly associated with bigfoot Sasquatch. Oh, are we buzzing? Sasquatch. Question number two. In which country is Loch Ness located? Uh, Scotland. Muriel, you got that one. All right. Question number three. The chupacabra is a creature that has been sighted supposedly many times in the Americas, both North and South. Please translate chupacabra to English for me. Goat sucker. Goat sucker is correct. So that was one for Kyle Bob. All right, so far... The boys are in the lead, Michelle. You better step your game up here soon. Also, I didn't know this, but the origin of the term chupacabra comes from a Puerto Rican com- a Puerto Rican comedian. Silverio Perez is credited with coming up with the term chupacabras after the first sightings occurred in Puerto Rico. I always thought chupacabra was from Mexico. No, white people did that here. Oh, I see. Okay, good. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> no. okay, great. Wait, you believe in white people? <laughs> <laughs> Let's move back on to uh, some actual Les Saboteur questions here. So you have a new EP that came out pretty recently, six songs, the EP Ditch. Tell me about it. I mean, where where did you guys record it? You know, I've, I've kind of heard some of the songs are already out on some other stuff, right? Or at least one song is. 
kind of give me the story behind Ditch, if you don't mind. We Two of the songs on Ditch were released previously. So, yeah, we had two singles. Uh, we had Tightrope and Distant Hum. We released as singles. Um, and then the six-song EP just came out recently. No, we a- did Smiling Politely first. Oh, we had, yeah, Smiling we had done Politely, a, yeah. a demo version of, of Smiling Politely. That was mm-hmm. just like a digital download kind of thing, though, right? Yeah. Uh, actually, yeah. we released it on oh, we did cassette. cassette. No. Oh, cassette. No, cool. we did Smiling Politely was just digital, and then the cassette was tightrope. And, no, I it was know. Smiling Politely and uh, Snake Oil. Snake Oil, yeah. I think. Anyways, we had we had a cassette single and it was kind of cool because it was the classic cassette single. If you remember, they came in those cardboard sleeves, the little sleeve. Yes, Um, yes. Yeah. So so we did one of those. That was kind of on my bucket list. Um, And then, yeah, but but this particular album, we decided to kind of go big or go home. Uh, So we recorded with Ben Moore uh, of Hot Snakes fame. He also did some uh, Jawbox and Switchfoot. Um, over at Singing Serpent. Yeah, at Singing Serpent, which is a very nice place. Um, mm. So we worked with him, and then we, you know, we had to collaborate to put it out because we um, spent all our money on Ben Moore, but totally worth it. That Uriel, I, I heard something on social media, uh, you talking about recording drums yeah. on that was kind of a new experience for you. Yeah, like uh, the standards and the technique i guess that he is looking for is something that i was not used to at all like i've recorded the only experience i have is recording ash williams stuff and the stuff i did with that there was things that he was looking for or or paying attention to that i've never been told or you know myself have looked into like i'm not a traditionally playing uh, i'm not a traditionally trained drummer i didn't i learned by watching youtube videos and you know figuring it out on my own um, so he was very like on it about the, the, where I hit the drum and the force behind every single hit. Every you hit. Know? He wanted you to and hit it hard, right? Hit it hard, really, hit as it hard as you same. could. All the yeah. same. And when you think about it, it's like, oh, well, that's obvious. So you want it, you want it to be equal and you want it to hit right in the middle of the drum. But again, that's just something that I've never thought of or anybody I've recorded has had me really pay attention to you know like you always do your best when you record but there's so many of those details that he was making you he's like not nah, stop do it again do it again do it again you know like he kind of a, kind of a whole like it a was, whole new was, thing a new world for you yeah yeah it was really like granular really minute like every little piece like he did not let us suck you know he didn't let anything like, oh, slide that, you you he yeah, was on yeah. you the whole time yeah he was definitely the hardest on Uriel, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why was he? Was he really in, in? Was he a drummer, or was he somebody that focused on drums, kind of traditionally, or something? I, I think that he just, um, you know, the the cost of the the main room and to get a really big uh, big drum sound out of that room, like you just you have to be really efficient about it. And I think that he just wanted to get the best takes as quickly as possible. Yeah. Sure, give you guys like, the be- the more bang for the buck in some ways. Yeah, because once you yeah. put the drums yeah. away for anything, like if you put them away, you got to put them together. That's a whole other couple hours if there was like a mistake sure. or something. He sure, sure. You know, 
and yeah. you can't yeah you can't it's you can't punch in a drum track or if you can like you can't do it after your that's all been said yeah done, and if you right? had put the drums away and then put the mics away you're not going to get the same sound you know like even right. if you try putting it as close as possible you can like it's not going to be the same no you might as well just do the whole thing over yeah. in that case so it yeah. was gnarly yeah. but yeah like i've never had anybody be on it with me like i definitely learned a lot like even when i practice now like i consider those things like i know what to look for now he hears ben in yeah, his head. i hear ben every show i play <laughs> but that's good in a way i mean yeah it changes your perspective now you have kind of a whole new way of looking at how you play drums and oh, yeah. if anything Definitely. it'll make you you'll come out a better a better drummer for it so oh, yeah if that's oh, even yeah. if that's even possible i mean you're to me you're one of the top <laughs> guys in town i'll tell you that so oh man that's you know, that was uh, sweet you're you're welcome you're welcome by the way <laughs> <laughs> Why is an iPhone 10 perfect for an orphan? Because it doesn't have a home button. What did the police officer say to his belly button? You're under a vest. Last one. How did the button get away with murder? He pinned it on someone else. That last one does actually refer to the type of buttons we're talking about here just in case there's any confusion. All joking aside, Mouse and Monkey Button Company make the finest custom buttons in all of the kingdom. All the lands? Well, whatever. Mouse and Monkey can also make custom keychain bottle openers, magnetic bottle openers, custom pocket mirrors, and more. Simply go to www.mmbuttonco.com. That's www.mmbuttonco.com. B-U-T-T-O-N-C-O dot com for more information. You can also email mouseandmonkey at mmbuttonco at gmail.com or text area code 909-991-6666 to get your custom project started with Mouse and Monkey Button Company. Why delay? Do it today. All the things I had in me 
that got burned out or just faded away. But maybe you know best what to do with this. Maybe you're on fire. And at least I can say that there's one of us that can keep it dry. Cause it's like What's your goal? What is Les Saboteurs' goal as a band? Is there a goal where you say, okay, this is what we want to do. We want to tour as much as possible. We want to get on a label that will support us. Do you have any kind of master plan behind what you're doing? Uh, our our um, kind of thing that made it stick, the three of us, apart uh, apart from just the music, was the fact that we all wanted to tour as much as possible and do the weekenders and um, get out there and actually just play live a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely like to, to play in Europe. That's just one of my personal bucket lists is to do the, the European route, but you know, even, even just playing with bands that, that I've loved and respected for a long time would be enough for me to, to just keep pushing and keep pushing, you know? Yeah. That always feels great. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of bands that I just, I look up to so much and I just, I'd love to be able to share my music with them too and show, show that they've, um, you know, influenced me in my weird little way, even though I'm not, you know, directly paying homage. Um, they still, you know, serve a special place in my heart. So, um, yeah, I mean, and just the experience of touring, is really what drives me. I love traveling. Um, even if it's just road tripping, I enjoy it. But when I get to do that and I get to be cathartic and I get to share my art with other people and connect with them on that level, it's really special. And ideally, um, God, man, this conversation is bumming me out. <laughs> I know. Oh, sorry. I, bad, bad timing, you know, bad timing in some yeah. way. Well, but, well, you know, well, hopefully that'll just make it that you that much more hopeful for the future too. So yeah, something to look forward to, you know? Yeah. I always joke that, uh, since I yell a lot during the performances, um, and I don't use a mic, I always joke that my goal for Lake Saboteur is to play a crowd so big. I actually needed mic for people to hear me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good goal. Actually. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay. Now, Speaking of touring, spending a lot of time together. This is a little game we're going to play. It's not trivia, okay? I'm going to ask one of you to tell me another person in the band's biggest quirk or eccentricity or something weird about them that makes you go, makes you kind of go, 
what the fuck is wrong with this person that I'm sitting next to in this van right now? So, but I'm going to assign the person that does the telling and the person who you're going to be telling about. Okay. So, Michelle, <laughs> Michelle, you're first up. What is Uriel's biggest quirk or what's eccentric about Uriel? Odd, different, and strange, would you say? That also might Oof. drive you insane, too. Yeah. Uh, well, he's. I don't, I'm he sorry. Definitely... I don't want to break the band up from a long <laughs> distance either, by the way. So, <laughs> no, he know He, like, the, the man snores. Yeah. The man snores. <laughs> oh, the snoring. Oh, Uriel. I didn't yeah, know. Yeah. No, I, like, okay. uh, when I, even when I started touring with Ash Williams, I realized that I'm not the person that ever breaks down. Like, I keep my cool about any situation. But my one flaw as like a touring guy is that I snore like no other. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like keeping other I've people around you awake it. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Not me. Yeah. I, I sleep right through it. I got to <laughs> really? put in headphones. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, in my bag, like whenever I travel with people, I have a pair of earplugs. Like I'm like, here's some earplugs. Oh, you do give out to people like, listen, I'm a really annoying sleeper. You might need these tonight, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, okay, no, I, well, you're. A, I know. I, I like you a lot, and I know why you're a really considerate person. <laughs> That's extremely considerate of you. So, <laughs> yeah, but like, I wake up worried about him. Like, I'll wake up and just be like, "Oh no, Uriel's dying. I'm drowning." <laughs> like in my head, that's like where he my head breathe is going. Or something? Like, yeah, because he wow. sounds like he can't breathe. Like it's it. It's yeah. I don't know. I I think and that, well, that let me just ask comes you this, from then. me also being a nice person. The next time you guys go on tour, do me a favor, record that for me oh and God. send it to me if you can. Okay, so, <laughs> and that way I can use it for like a trivia buzzer or something like that. You know. Okay, Uriel. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> okay, now okay. I'm gonna turn. I'm gonna turn the table here. Don't feel left out, Kyle Bob. You're coming up. Uriel, Uriel, tell me a, a little a snippet about Michelle. Oh, let's see. I didn't want to ask the husband to tell me a snippet. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, I don't want to get divorced in the middle of quarantine. <laughs> I know, no, that would not that would not be good, no. The lawyer shows up in one of those E. T. suits like the <laughs> <laughs> He's like <laughs> Um, oh. I feel, uh, for Michelle, I feel like she stresses out easily. Like, uh, well, no. Yeah, I guess so. Like, uh, like something I've noticed a lot, a lot about a very passionate people is that they're also very critical and you could tell that their mind is going a lot of places and you could see that on their face. Oh, um, sure. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So something like that, like, I guess, like, I'm just always trying to like make sure that Michelle is, is, is hard on herself. Is yeah, exactly. Like herself. sometimes we're, uh, I can't I can't think of a specific situation right now, but we've been on tour where, you know, like you, sometimes you go on tour and the show isn't what you thought it was going to be or something is going wrong, you know? And I noticed that she can be hard on herself for that. So I try my best to like be like, all right, well, let's let's try to make something happen out of this. You know, like, yeah, that, I guess that's what it is. She can be hard on herself. Okay. Oh, that's good. I mean, that's that's good that you – but you also say at the very end, you can you notice that, but then you're right there to support her and try kind of help her. Say, look, no, 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 don't be hard on yourself. Yeah. You are. God, you're, you're, you're far too nice of a person 
to be playing this game right now. So, um, <laughs> <but I'm>, you know, <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. I'm hard on myself, so anything else anybody says to me is uh, is way lessened. <laughs> well, that's good. But do you take to heart if somebody says to you, you know, hey, don't be so hard on yourself. You played like if you're you're like, oh, because I mean, I'm guilty of the same thing for sure. God, I played like shit. You know, someone says, no, 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 you didn't. It sounded fucking great. Do you do you take that to heart? Do you have a hard time kind of accepting when somebody tries to tell you, no, you're fine. Everything's fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to believe what I want to believe about myself no matter what. It's not going to ease the uh, the critical nature of, you know, uh, how I'm feeling about myself. But at the same time, you know, a lot of people are too easy on themselves and it shows. <laughs> you no, know, you're right. You have a great point. Yeah, the world almost might be a better place if more people were harder on themselves because it makes you strive that much harder to be good at what you do. Yeah, it just depends on if you can take that self-criticism or not. And I think that I, I grew up with that type of self-criticism and it's just, uh, it's something that, that I know has made me a better person in the long run. Well, good. I mean, okay. All right. That's good. Now, Kyle, Bob. Yeah. I don't have anybody to compare for you to compare notes with. So I'd like mm -hmm. you to critique. I'd like you to critique yourself if you could. Mm. And then I want, then I want you to critique yourself and then let's see, I want you to ask the other two if what you said is something they believe to be true. Some people say I'm too handsome. <laughs> too too handsome. Okay, I'm writing all this down, by the way. So. Uh, <laughs> too handsome. That's a <laughs> No, I would say um, one of the things I'm um, working on myself, which which I've already kind of identified, is I, uh, I, I'm good at some things and I focus on those things on me being good at those and kind of ignore things that I'm not good at and, ne and like never try to get better at them. Kind of write those things off. Like put it in context, like say, like, like I would say, yes, like you're a very, very good bass player. You're a great bass player, but what's something but, else you, f is it something like you, you should be working on, but you're not kind of thing. Like my clean vocals. I, um, and my ear, I, um, you know, I, I've, I've always, I've been a good entertainer, a good, like screamer, but I've never really, but yeah, like, uh, having singing cleanly and, and doing backups for Michelle was, was really difficult for me. And it wasn't, uh, I wasn't at the level I wanted to be. Um, so I, I, I've been I, taking lessons for that. And working on oh, that. you have it. Oh, no kidding, really. But yeah, that's 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 just one example. Okay, okay. I don't know if I would call that a quirk. Yeah, that's not much of a quirk. That's not. No, no. That's just something. Well, I mean, it's enough of a quirk for for Kyle Bob to think it's a quirk. You don't need to bring a list out or True. anything. But but if if you want to, I'm here. Um, you know, that's why I want to party <laughs> with Bob. Is here. The podcast is here. You know, talk. I think so it, let's all it might be it. him. Uh, it might be him bragging about how handsome he is all the time. And <laughs> there, now, that's, <laughs> now that's an eccentric. That's being eccentric. Okay, so I wrote. I'm just going to go with the first one because I wrote down. He too, he's too handsome. So too yeah, handsome. Okay, telling perfect. all the other bands on tour how ugly they are in comparison to him. Like that's not fair. That's just not fair. I you know. 
It's true. I just I just shouldn't say it. You yeah. know. <laughs> let let other people find that out for themselves. They will the first time they see you. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. The first time they walk into thought, the so. bathroom at the bar and look in the mirror. See, it was the third time for me. Like at first, I was like, "Damn," but then the second, I was like, "Damn." Then the third time, I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> He is. <laughs> okay, good. Well, <laughs> all right. Trivia round two. Trivia round all two. Right. Question number four. In which U.S. state was the Mothman first sighted? I'm going to guess... San Francisco. And San Francisco is not a state, nor is it where oh, the Mothman was located. I forgot you said state. I apologize. Okay. It's no, okay. it's I just it's remember okay. uh, that movie, The Mothman Prophecies, and there was right. like this big dramatic scene where there was a bridge that collapsed, and I feel like it was the Golden Gate Bridge, but See, maybe it not wasn't. The, no, no. It might have been in the movie, but I, I haven't seen the movie, but there was... They do attribute the Mothman with a collapse of a bridge. The Mothman is a symbol of bad fortune coming your way if you see him, supposedly. Yeah, I feel like it's it was a terrible like, movie. It's somewhere south, isn't uh, it? I'll give you a hint. It it's like on, it's on the east. It's it's the eastern part of the United States. Kind of southeast United yeah. States. What's what are southeast? Uh, I feel like, like it's South Carolina. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those two two word ones. You're getting close. You're, it's not. It's not South Carolina, though. You are getting closer, though. Anyone, Kyle, Bob, you want to venture a guess? What are, that was my guess. I was. Oh, that was, Oh, here. I thought that was Uriel. Oh, okay, 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 no. okay. So, I'm sorry, it, nobody got that one. The answer is West Virginia. Ah. West Virginia. Ah. Yep, they first sighted him in 1966 no. at a cemetery. Yes, no. indeed. There you go. Okay. <laughs> what Question. bridge was it? I don't know. Some bridge in West Virginia. It, Some it was bridge, like they said. A bridge over a river or something. It's one of those yeah, yeah, famous yeah. West Virginia yeah. bridges. Uh, right, right. The, um, oh, fuck. Yeah. The, uh, you can ride a unicycle over. That's about as wide as it was. Um, or a horse, man. Uh, question number five. Speaking of winged cryptids, Mothman, get it? What is mm-hmm. the name of the creature that supposedly lurks around the Pine Barrens of southern New Jersey? Jersey Devil. Boom, Kyle Bob. You yes, you got it. You got it. Question number six. The Yeti or Abominable Snowman is most commonly associated with what Asian mountain range? Himalayas. Boom, Kyle Bob. Oh, Kyle Bob. Let's see. Kyle Bob has four right. Uriel has one. Michelle has none. That is okay. Typical vegans only caring about real animals. (laughs) (laughs) I I admit I don't care about this at all. (laughs) Okay, now we're going to play that last little thing we did about who, you know, name a quirk or something eccentric about your bandmates. We're going to flip that on its head. This question is, I'm also going to pick. 
No, 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 no. No, this is actually really positive and good. I'm going to pick again. You know, somebody has to say something about somebody else. Okay. What's the what's the nicest or the best greatest aspect of this particular bandmate's personality? Uriel, I'd like you to tell me something that you love about Kyle Bob or some great aspect of his personality. And note, you can't say he's so damn handsome either, by the way. Well, yeah, handsome. we all know that. So we something that something great about Kyle Bob? Something great about Kyle Bob. Something that you love about him. Something you think is like the one of the best parts of his personality. <sighs> Let's see. Let's see. It shouldn't take this long, Uriel, either, by the way. <laughs> There's so <laughs> many. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, That's a, oh, you're, I'm gonna take you're quite the break. diplomat. That's very good. He's quite a diplomat. That's very, no, very good. No, uh, I feel like uh, he's really reliable. Really reliable. Reliable. Yeah, that's, like, very, uh, that's great. There's various times throughout the band, like uh, whether it's something band related that like he would come through with, um, or like even like uh, when I'm like when we're like partying or something, and you need to have a good one on one with someone. You know, like he, he, he dependable, reliable. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I, I'm gonna go with that. Fantastic. That's a great answer. Okay, Michelle, tell yeah. me something along those veins about Uriel. Uh, Uriel has never introduced me to somebody that sucks. <laughs> He's a Uriel good judge only of attracts, He only attracts the nicest people. And I think that he is a good filter in that way, where it's like you can kind of tell whether somebody is a cool person or not judging by the way they deal with Uriel's um, generosity and his warmth. Oh, sure. Like if somebody's shitty to Uriel, you're going to say, man, what the fuck is wrong with this person that they would be mean Absolutely. to him? Yeah. yeah, I got you. I got you. Sure, sure. Would make you question that. Say, uh, I don't think I want to be friends with this person. If he's going to be shitty to Uriel, like, yeah, no, no, fuck that person. Gotcha. So okay. The shorter, cool. the shorter answer of that would be his warmth and his generosity. But really what it brings out of other people is helpful. Okay, cool. All right. That's good. Well, you had a lot of nice things. I can, you know, I can think of many nice things to say about Uriel too. It's very friendly and kind person. I think very friendly. He keeps Pat from Ash Williams in his place as much as it's possible. I I do what? Try and keep, you kind of keep Pat in his place when you're around him a little bit. And that's a hard (laughs) thing for anybody to do. So, yes, okay. We'll we'll leave Ash Williams out of the interview. I'll cut that part out. Yeah, he is kind of a tornado of a person, is he He is. He's a lovely tornado. I love him. I love But he is a tornado. He, Hurricane Pat, yes. Okay. Um, Hurricane Pat. (laughs) Okay, Kyle Bob. Now yeah, you get to play. You get to play the good husband. Tell me something wonderful about Michelle. Michelle will uh, she uh, appreciates and uh, lifts up like all the everyone who can't help themselves. Michelle's there to help them. You know, all like uh, you know, she's done a lot of work in um, in animal rescue. Um, right, right, like a voice for the voiceless in some ways. That kind yeah, of and she she really uh, and sticks up for people who are who are bullied or who 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 most people would think are are just wastes you know like it's i've met some really great people who i just would not have given the time of day to because of my own biases because of how she gives everybody a chance and actually like listens you know and she's kind of a very accepting that kind of thing yeah Okay, I'm going to read all this back to you when we're done for you guys so you know 
kind of your best and worst characteristics. We'll keep a tally here. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that those were the worst. The quirk things is like, no, that's like funny shit. That's not like worst characteristics. I don't think you guys have bad characteristics or I, I wouldn't be talking to you. You know, you're like, what's your, what's uh We what's are Kyle Bob's, people. You are, you know, like if the question would be, what's, what's Kyle Bob's biggest quirk? And Uriel goes, oh yeah, he's a Nazi. I'd go, well, that's the end of this episode. Uh, <laughs> this guy's a, a great, he great was the one Nazi in Christ Killer. All <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Next, next up, I want you all to tell me a story. When were you the happiest in this band? You can take it as individuals, <sighs> or you can take it as you know, kind of a group thing. When I would say, let's do it like as a group, when would you say kind of the shining moment, the happiest moment you've been all together as a band has been? That's a tough question. It is a kind of a tough question. I can go. It's definitely tough. Uh, so for me personally, the the thing that's went up immediately was uh, our show. Uh, sorry to keep bringing this place up, but Seattle, like our show in Seattle was definitely the, yeah. The big highlight for us cuz I think that was that was the last show of the tour of our first big tour and that was just like full of people like it was packed house at Kraken you know we it was our first time ever playing Seattle and it was so warm and we had already teased the idea of moving there you know Ah okay yeah, like okay. this was summer of last year and we were still trying to figure out how to pick the play up uh, trying to secure a place to move to and kind yeah. of decide if you're going to do Mexico city or if you're going to actually head back up to yeah. the Pacific Northwest kind of thing. Yeah. And so, but that show in Seattle, like I still think about it. Like it's, I think that was like uh, my favorite thing we've done so far. Yeah. Great. Uh, I might agree with that. I think um, just because I got to see so many amazing people at that show and it, it just felt so warm and so supporting. And that's one of the things about the Kraken in general is the atmosphere is just very warm and inviting and, and people are really kind uh, that work there. And, you know, we got to play uh, with, I think it was Heck Yes and Old Doris and Eric's new Oh, band, I love right? Old Doris. I love Old Doris. Yeah. Old yeah. Doris and Heck amazing. Yes too. They're yeah. Great. Fantastic. Um, okay. I mean, Kyle, Bob, do you think that's something that's, that sounds right for you too? Well, maybe? That that was that was a really great show. Um, and just to add something different, I would say um, on that same tour, the Oakland show was really great for me. Just because I, when I was coming up in in punk rock and playing music, um, the Bay Area was just a mecca, you know, in in the sure. in the nineties and and early two thousands, and um, just to be playing like. I, suddenly I find myself, uh, you know, playing this awesome, uh, like underground, uh, you know, shop show in, in, in Oakland and the hammer bombs are just like such a Bay area sound. And they were feeding us. And they're, yeah, they're, yeah, they were, you know, they were, they were feeding us. It was a free show. It really kind of like made me feel like I was a real musician, you know, like I was like, I was participating in what I was dreaming of when I was a teenager. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you had come home or, or you, you had gotten, you had gotten to where you wanted to be when you started playing I, music. Yeah, I got it. Like, like yeah, I got, 
Yeah, exactly. You know, I wanted to that place that the Bay Area is just like a mythical place for me, you know? Sure. Now, are you are you from East County, San Diego originally? Absolutely. Born and raised El Cajon. Born and raised. Gotcha. Okay. Your dream, the young Kyle Bob in El Cajon dreaming of the Bay Area. And yeah, that's great. Dude, that's a fucking great story. I love that. You know what? I really, really love that. That's a very down-to-earth thing for you to say. Like, for me, I, I'd i say if, if, if what I've done already, if I keep doing that, then I've made it in music, you know? Sure. You know, I'm like, if I could just, if there was just more more of what I've what I've already gotten out of it, you know, more playing with more great bands, meeting more great people, going to new towns and being on this level forever. That's that's fucking great. I've I've enjoyed every second of it. And I would never I would never be like, ah, fuck it. I, I lost, you know, uh, I, I didn't you know, I didn't get signed to, you know, Warner Brothers uh, shit. I shouldn't have played music. You know, then you, yeah, like I wasted my life. Yeah, I didn't make yeah. it, get a record deal or whatever. Sure. Yeah. That's great. No. Okay. Good. Last question before we hit our last trivia question the future. What is the future for Lee Saboteur once the COVID 19 virus, you know, everything is cool to travel again and do things and you guys can finally reunite? What's kind of going to come up next for you guys? We're going to have a 365 day tour. <laughs> a, a, a one a year long tour yeah. 365 days okay yeah, perfect no, a... okay i think you can expect a pretty depressing album <laughs> um, a pretty sad uh interpersonal kind of uh album a little bit introspective a little bit uh melodic we actually we <laughs> we had already written a couple songs like that uh for the album before this all happened so probably more emotive material and uh perhaps some frantic touring with some anxiety packed behind it yeah there you go there you go and you do have plans to put a full length out sometime in the next year or two or something like that yeah yeah cool okay all right, well, let me hit you with the last trivia question then. Question number seven, the final question. Florida and some southern states of the United States have their own version of Bigfoot known for its unpleasant odor. What is the name most commonly associated with the southern Bigfoot? In Florida? In Florida. All through the southern state. Like Florida, South Carolina, Georgia, Arkansas, Louisiana. They all say they've seen this. A stinky big creature that scares people? Yes. That's that's close. That's close, but no, not quite the name that, I was No, I was for. asking. That was that, my that was a, oh, that was a clarification. <laughs> yes. That, then, yes, Michelle. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay, then my yes. answer is death metal. Death metal. Okay. Is it, Florida in this death case, metal. unfortunately, you're wrong. <laughs> is it the concept of Florida man? Yes, it is Florida man in cryptid form, but Florida man is not the right name. No. Sorry about that. Or no! that one will work too. Kyle, you're our last hope. Kyle, Bob, I guess. Yep. Is it Swamp Thing? No, but that's close. Dang. That's close. Nope, nope. The, the skunk ape. 
The skunk Ooh. ape. Yep. Skunk ape is also known as the swamp cabbage man. So, Kyle <laughs> Bob, you're close. You're close. Mm-hmm. Uh, the swamp ape, stink ape, Florida Bigfoot, Louisiana Bigfoot, Mayaka ape, swamp scotch, and the Mayaka skunk ape. So, yeah, the skunk ape. I wonder if swamp go. scotch there is you. actually a thing. It so might be. the normal... The normal Sasquatch, like they smell fine. <laughs> According to eyewitnesses, you all say it smells horrible. There was some one of the names was this cabbage. Yeah, uh, swamp cabbage man. <laughs> it's a I think that I think we just found the name for the next album. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yep, that's straight from Wikipedia too. So you know, Wikipedia doesn't lie. At least, hopefully not. All right, that's it. I think we're good. So I really appreciate you guys talking to me. That was awesome. There you have it, folks. There you have it. The Lay Saboteur interview. Three songs so far. What a fucking great band. Really, you know what's funny? At the end of my typical interview kind of thing, I say, okay, guys, well, thank you so much for being on the Bobcast, blah, blah, blah. And they say, oh, well, thank you for having us. That's not on this one because... We kept talking about different stuff off and on for like 10 or 15 minutes after the interview itself. That's what kind of people Les Saboteurs are. Michelle, Kyle Bob, and Uriel, great people. I love talking to them. If that says anything, it says a lot to me. It does. I really appreciate them. I appreciate them from the bottom of my heart, and that's true. And that's really what I love about doing this Bobcast. I've met and talked to some of the raddest people on earth, and I definitely do include Michelle, Kyle, Bob, and Uriel within those ranks of the raddest. That'll do it for this episode. Thank you so much to Les Saboteur for talking to me, the songs, and taking part in that cryptid trivia. A big congrats to the winner, Mr. Kyle Bob. Yeah, besides being unbearably handsome, you are also a champion of the Bigfoot trivia. Good man, good man, Kyle Bob. Also, thank you to Red Brontosaurus Records and Mouse and Monkey Button Company for your continued support of the Bobcast. Lastly, last but not least, I should say thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really do appreciate it. Remember, subscribe, rate, and review the Bobcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Here is the last song of this episode by Lace Abateur, the song Safety Net. <laughs>